right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron, And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Hey, Clayton. Hey, Aaron. How you doing? Good. It's another one of our mini-sodes. Yes, our mini-sodes that end up being full-length episodes. Well, we at first we were like, oh, we won't have much to say. Maybe we'll comment on something that's happening in the culture. And then we'll sort of move to their next book, and they're going to be 15 minutes long. And that never happens. Because also, we're two talkers. You we know? are. We just And we like to, because we were so used to doing this every week that we get a chance to hang out. And, and now that we're just gossiping, mm-hmm. and we don't have to read a book, it's that much easier. I know. It's still Monday. It's still bright and early Monday morning. You have some uh, gardening going on outside of your door, so... Yeah, so there's some. Well, it's a heavy duty machinery doing some gardening. So, uh, so if you hear that, that's what that's 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 what's happening there. But, but Aaron, we need to get to the big news. This was a shocking, a shocking news item mm-hmm. that came across our desk this weekend and really blew up the learning the tropes text thread, which is comprised of me, you. And producer Patty. Yes. And this is the fact that Reggae Jean Page is no longer in the cast of Bridgerton and will not be coming back for season two. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, his character's not really in the rest of the book, so it doesn't really matter. He wasn't going to be in it much. Here's the thing. The series is not the books. It's a whole different thing. He is the breakout star of the series. If you are the producers and your breakout star is is, wants to leave, you want to keep them because Mm -hmm. a lot of people would want to see him even in a limited capacity in the second season. Now you you have the tea. You have a little bit of the tea, right? Oh, I do. Let me cue up my tea. But yes. Well, because I follow Dumois, which is a fantastic gossip site. I love uh, that. The, a fantastic gossip site. <laughs> it's such a good gossip site. Most of my gossip tends to go towards the like Bravo celebrities Lever- uh, variety. I think probably because, you know, they signed up for it. But I also think you'd like to know celebrities that have secretly killed people. I do know. Yeah, that is also talked about. So my favorite two kinds of gossip are like Bravo celebrities because the only reason, not the only reason, there's so many reasons why I love reality TV, but a big one is that like you are trying, knowing what's happening behind the scenes and how they try to bring it to the show, but the rule of reality is you can't acknowledge that you're currently filming a television show so that the way that they have to talk around it, I find it all fantastic. So when there's behind the scenes drama, I think that makes that even sweeter. Um, and then my other thing is like, who's a murderer in Hollywood? <laughs> yes. Only like old school. I don't know any of the young kids, but if you tell me like this uh, former TV star turned uh, actor has secretly murdered people in Italy, I'm like, and who? Yeah. Anyway, that all could be found on Dumois as well. It is a Instagram page. And so it's hit like you have to follow it. It's like you can't just go and browse at your own leisure. You have to join. Um, but let me tell you, it's worth it. And they are also... Just in case anyone is thinking, I never write into Dumois, but people are constantly asking for Bridgerton tea, and there really never is any. 
other than like everybody's nice, which is like, oh, like that's great for your work environment, but that's not great for me and my like <laughs> need for gossip. Well, okay, so then we got two great drops about the Duke. So one is that Shondaland and Netflix wanted Renee Jean Page to appear in a few episodes of season two, but he refused. It was his decision to leave the show completely. Not a money issue, more an ego issue. Okay, so that that's a big thing. Now, now, here's the thing. That is from Shondaland. That is that is you obviously think that that's leaked. a plant. That's a plant from Shondaland. It's got to be now, allegedly. Listen, least, allegedly. These are all opinions, by the way. I just yes. want to say that we have no extra knowledge. <laughs> of, we truly know nothing. We are just speculating. Anything that I say about Shondaland or about Reggie Jean is all speculation, all opinion, right? So, so by all means, don't don't think that we are coming from any sort of expertise here. My thought is that that is coming from Shondaland. Mm-hmm. And I do think that he did. He just did not want to do another season of Bridgerton, because when you think about it, financially, it would make sense to do it because they didn't sign the people to cameo contracts. Right. That's the other big thing, is that they now have had other actors sign, so they don't have the situation happen. That's the other rumor. Well, do you all read the other one and then we can discuss them all? Do it, yeah. So this is the second one, and it says, can confirm that Rege left Bridgerton rather than Bridgerton letting him go. They even offered him a serious salary hike, making him the highest paid actor in the season, even though Anthony is the main character this time, this go round. But he turned them down. They are having the rest of the cast sign new contracts with cameo options to prevent them from disappearing like this down the line. The thing that is also crazy to me is how everybody just signed one year contracts. And like this might be, I don't know, newer. But like the last thing I heard when you started a show, it's like you would sign these like six year contracts. So that's why like friends after six years they got that insane salary bump because their contracts had expired i mean with streaming and stuff it must not do that anymore it just must be you sign on for one year that does seem bizarre i mean there's no with the streaming services there is no guarantee that you're going to get past three seasons right that seems to be now the new model is three three seasons and people get bored and then it's not worth paying people so let's get out Right. So I, I don't know how those contracts work. But yeah, it seems like every other, you know, regular networks, they do. They sign you to those long rookie contracts that are so, so uh, they get you for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And then you can do the re-sign thing. It is odd that they didn't at least have signatures for two to three seasons from these actors because they're trying to build a show here. And that's the thing. I do think he would have played a bigger part in the second series or the second season because of his breakout status. I think there might be a level, and I don't want to besmirch his character, but there could be a level of him thinking, I don't want to do this romance show. I mean, that would be a bummer. And I don't want to sort of put that on him because, like, obviously, like, we don't know the reasoning mm-hmm. behind it. Like, who, it could be that, like, this was just, like, a toxic workplace for him or something. You know what I mean? Sometimes things are, like, much more, like, mundane. You know, we, we try to assign these, like, bigger reasons for things. But, like, 
Um, I don't know that it's necessarily that. I mean, the thing is, too, it's like ultimately what surprised me about this was like, you know, obviously we all know next season is Anthony and Kate's season. They're going to be the focus. We're introducing Kate, her entire family. A lot of time, I imagine, is going to be spent on her family. So it's like how much would he have really been in the the series? It's like not much just because of all because you're setting up. You know, you're going to have to start working on setting up Benedict's storyline and Colin and and Collins and all of these things, too. So it's like ultimately like the the Duke and Pen- and uh, Daphne were going to be falling to the wayside. So part of me was also like if they were willing to pay you so much, like just cash your check. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just kind of like show up. People will be thrilled to see you. You'll get to like impart some wisdom on Anthony at a certain stage. You'll play the... Um, with the mallet of death, uh, do the croquet game and then kind of like call it a day. Like, honestly, it's like, even if he does have some huge thing that he's working on and filming, it's like all of his scenes could have been shot probably in like two weeks, you know, if that's what they wanted to do. So it's like, that's the part that is to really just burn that bridge and run. Cause I think, you know, at his level two, he probably could have had a conversation with the showrunner and producers and just been like listen I you know I want to start stepping away so maybe like every season I'm just like a little bit less and then I kind of am gone yeah I mean we like you said we might be making more of it than there is right and I don't want to sound mercenary about it and and think and say that money trumps all things because he just could maybe not be happy with it he could not be happy with like you said the working environment he could not be happy with the fact that he he doesn't want to become a one-dimensional object of lust. I could also see that, right? Yeah. I don't think he might not want people yelling at him at, on the street, I burn for you, and things <laughs> like that. I could see that as 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 a person not wanting to be treated that way. Right. So, and of course, again, it's all speculation. We don't know the dude. We haven't talked to him. We have no other inside, inside information from Netflix. We would be completely open to inside information. Oh yeah. We won't Netflix, tell like anybody. We said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we said last episode, of course that would benefit our listeners zero because we would not spill the beans. No. So but it would benefit I, us yeah. immensely. So, you know, take it into consideration. Yeah. So I do think it's an interesting thing and I, I don't root for him to fail because I want people to have satisfying careers. It, it just seems a little weird that there was an announcement about him leaving. They did a whole Lady Whistledown post where it's all about him leaving. It just seems like such a if if it was as as small as well, he was only going to be a small part of the rest of the seasons anyway. So he's just moving on. It just seems like a hullabaloo, a big hullabaloo. So there's got to be something behind it, right? And uh, and they and you know when that piece of gossip came out that they offered a a lot of money and more than everybody else is making what is that though how much is that is that true and how much is that because he might have thought his worth was more than what they were offering and they were saying well we're paying uh, you more than everybody else and he might have been like well yeah everybody else should be getting paid more too (laughs) because we don't know exactly it could yeah that's all very possible but it's funny, I remember that was the reason why you're, you weren't a Downton Abbey fan, were you? Not at all. Yes. I think you would like it. It is a great show. 
But slowly, basically, as the various actors' contracts were up, those actors just started dying <laughs> because of the same reason. They were paid so it's so incredibly little for what they were doing. So, you know, it could be that. And listen, and then I think that's really important. And everybody has to stand up and everyone has to demand to be paid what they're worth, whatever that is. And, you know, if that is the reason, then that is like kind of a bummer. But yeah, um, I know. But the thing I, I think I just can't get over the fact like how crazy it is that they were signing these one year contracts where it's like this is a show about an epic family that goes on and on and on and like. Who knows how long the show will go? It could theoretically go eight seasons or I guess more. And so it's so strange to me because I'm like, did you not lock down um, Claudia to play Eloise until her season? Because like we need to, can somebody, <laughs> can we get that on like locked? Because that's yeah. insane that she could just be like, oh, actually, no, I, you know, I kind of want to do this other thing. And then we've lost her. I no, know. I won't accept it. And then that they would have to recast at that point, right? If she's if she isn't signed for the whatever season she's going to be the star of, then they have to have done that. And I think the thing with him is that he was a bigger name. I mean, he wasn't a huge name, obviously, but I think he was known at least for some other things. So he had a little bit more leverage than I think someone like Eloise, who who has done. Th- a few things, but I still very, very young. But still, I don't want, I want us to, I'm happy that now they're like having everybody sign these things because it is like, I don't want anyone to be recast. Like, we're good. Mm-hmm. I like these people. <laughs> Let's keep it, move forward with this. I don't think I can handle a swap out. I can't do a two Darren's. No. Yeah. Can't have, yeah, you can't have two Darren's situation. No. All right. Well, like, best of luck to everybody. Best of luck to Bridgerton. We are excited for season two, so. Yeah, and we will stay on this story if anything <laughs> happens. You are, We'll talk about it on a mini-sode. Mm-hmm. But, but I wanted to switch gears here a, a tad bit because we got an email from, I'll just say Anne, to keep her anonymity. Her email title was Audiobook Episode Idea. And then she says, do you guys ever do them? The reason I ask is because I just listened to The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary, her first book. And it was the best narration I've ever heard for a romance slash chick lit. And I've been listening to quite a number of them. I tried to find if there were any more books by either of these narrators. There isn't. I've even got my husband listening. He's already told me it's not his thing. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. So she also wants to, oh, so I also like this where at the end she said, I just listened to your hating game episode and thought I'd email. And then she said, FYI, flat share is a fade to black on the steamy scenes. That's how not your mom's romance described it, which is accurate. Just wanted to put it out there because I know you guys are quote unquote horn dogs (laughs) and like your sexy time. We do. Which... Which is so true, and I thank you very much for referring to us as horn dogs because I think that's what we are—is just a bunch mm-hmm. of horn dogs. Yeah. So, anyway, the main thing about this is, yes, we're horn dogs, but two audiobooks. Now that is an interesting thing because a lot of people love audiobooks. I have not been able to get into audiobooks; they're mm-hmm. very difficult for me. And a lot of people, that is 
not the main way that they read, but they 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 experience a lot of books that way. Because even even Anne was saying that she's reading three books at a time, and her routine is a romance on audio, nonfiction on Kindle, and a YA fantasy with a physical book. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's great. She's got her rotation down. For me, audiobooks are a muscle that I, I just don't have. Uh, I, I haven't worked out enough. So I'll start drifting away if I start to put an audiobook on. Because I can listen to podcasts, but anything narrative, even narrative podcasts, will I'll just kind of fall asleep during them, brain-wise. Mm-hmm. Have you, what's your experience with audiobooks? So I got really into audiobooks a long, long time ago when I was like a teenager and I worked as a nanny and I was taking and I was going to school. And so like I had this like triangle of driving that took me like six hours a day. Um, And so that's when I got really into audiobooks because I do think like if I'm driving, then I can't fall asleep. But my brain isn't, like, super engaged, obviously engaged in, like, the driving part, but that's not, like, so stimulating. And so then I can really pay attention to a book. And that has been, and that was, like, 20 years ago at this stage. So it's, like, I don't, and since then I haven't, and I've tried, I've tried with, like, nonfiction books because I'm, like, well, this is kind of like a podcast and I listen to podcasts, so this should work. And it doesn't, I cannot make myself pay attention. I can't make myself stay engaged with it. And the same with audiobooks. It's just, yeah, I just am not there. The only time that it's ever worked, oh, when I was reading the Outlander books and I was obsessed with them. And so I would read them on my Kindle and I did like the whisper sync thing. So I'd be reading them on my Kindle. And then when I like got to my stop, like commuting somewhere, I would like pause the reading part. And then I would start listening to it as I like got to my destination. So that was like short bits that I would like listen on audio. And then the only other time is just like to fall asleep. Sometimes I'll put on an audiobook, but it'll always be a book that I've already read. So most of the time, mm-hmm. it's When Dreams Begin by Lisa Claypass. I have that on audio. And then I have all the McKinnon's Rangers by Pamela Clare on audio. I don't know. So now it makes me seem like I'm an extensive <laughs> experience with audiobooks. But like in general, it needs to be something that I'm also reading a physical copy of and or have completely already read. Otherwise, yeah. it's just it's it, it's my thing with audio, too. And it's like they're a very talented audiobook narrator. So I don't want to like take away from them. But it always takes so much longer mm-hmm. where it's like, I want to be able to like read, I read much faster. And so it's like, it feels all very slowed down to me as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, from what Anne was saying, the Beth O'Leary's book has a very great narrator, but I do, anytime I've listened to samples, mm-hmm. they're kind of hit and miss because originally this podcast had samples of the audiobook at the beginning and the reason I went away from doing that is because we don't own that audio, and yeah. I didn't want to get into any sort of situation where the older episodes w- wouldn't be available, or I'd have to go back and and edit and delete those. So uh, that I stopped I stopped adding them. But in listening to some of those, I'd I'd think, oh, I could listen to this person for eight hours, or I would not be able to listen to this person for eight hours. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it is kind of hit and miss now. Is that a possibility to do an audiobook 
review for this podcast? I mean, it's possible, but I think it would just be very hard for us because we both have a hard time listening and paying attention. (laughs) So I feel like it'd be like a weird game of us, like trying to remember what was said during a time where both of us were probably fading in and out. Yes. Yeah. It would be a lot of, I don't remember that part. Yeah. It'd be like, Oh, that's what that was about. Cause I think too, it's like sometimes I'll zone out when reading, but then I'm like, Oh, what was that part? And then I just like, we'll go back and read again, which I guess you can also do with audiobooks. You can just rewind it. Here's what we'll do. Maybe for like episode 200, (laughs) we'll do an epic road trip. We'll drive up to like Maine and there and back, we will listen to an audiobook or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not speak to each other because Lord knows we've done enough of that. And instead, just audiobooking, we'll drive to Maine, get some lobster rolls, and then drive home. Yeah. (laughs) Finish the book, and then we'll tell you guys all about our road trip. I that, think that could be fun. Romance, yeah, that a romance road trip. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that actually is a really good idea because then it, it we'd get we'd able to have a road trip, but also be doing something for the podcast. Like we would have done a book. Exactly, and in true millennial fashion, we could not do anything just for the sake of enjoying it. We have to figure out a way to make us feel productive while doing it. You create content. Here, yeah. Now we have. Um, I, that actually, I mean, should we do that? I do think that I love driving so much. So we would rent a cute car. Pat would have to be in the back. Uh Uh-huh. Miserable listening on his headphones. The two of us (laughs) would be having the time of our lives up front. Um, I think we could stop and we could do little check-ins along the way. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think it could be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we could do romance-centric stuff, too. It would have to be, well, maybe it should be a romance- destination some sort of romance-esque destination oh if we went to like nora roberts town yeah oh yeah we gotta visit nora roberts town that's i mean this is yeah. shaping up to be something right here and this is we're we're, we're really hitting on some goals i mean and now you'll get the vaccine soon i'm fully vaccinated we're, we can do this safely i really think we need to start talking thinking about doing it because we did do an epic road trip to virginia Oh, but yes. that was during COVID. We never left the car. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a very stressful situation. Uh, and then we just listened to a movie podcast the whole way. Or I just listened to you and Pat talk about stuff. So Yeah, that, that was not a me. movie podcast. That was me and Pat talking. <laughs> oh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. I zone out just the same. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, so thank you, Anne. Thank you for the email. It was a great mm-hmm. email. Obviously, we love when people email. We love when people rate review. So keep them coming. And Aaron, you have something. Well, we both have something to talk about because we have a big milestone coming up, which is the 100th book read for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of suggestions. Yeah. So we put out the call to you guys to let us know what books to we we should start considering because I don't trust myself for something this big. I'll overthink it. I'll underthink it. So um, we put out a call on Instagram. And then we also put out a call on our Facebook page for what do you guys think is the book that we should do. And so we got a, a ton of really amazing recommendations. We got some recommendations that I'm like, I don't know if that's a hundred book, hundredth book worthy, but like, I do really want to check that out. And I'm sure a lot of these books we will ultimately end up doing. Um, you guys are super funny because most of them were historical romances. You know 
how to get us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what we are going to want to read. So yes. something that we got a ton of was Sarah McLean. Of course. Obvious friend of the pod. Just friend, I think, at this stage. Hopefully she doesn't mind me saying. Um, I'll edit it out. I'll text her and see if that's okay. And I'll edit it out. Yeah. Could you just <laughs> and then. Yeah. And obviously we did The Rogue Not Taken. It has our favorite sex scene. Mm-hmm. Loved that book. And of course, why not do more McLean? People were kept recommending Nine Rules to Rake When Romancing a Rake, which is her first adult historical romance, which is like truly my id of a book. I love it so much. And I think the reason that I always stayed away from it was because I'm like, it is almost like I love it so much that it is so close to my heart that I feel like it would expose too much about me if we read it for the podcast. But maybe that would make it a hundredth book gold, you know? So that is the story of a woman named Callie and she is almost on the shelf and she overhears her younger sister talking about how, um, you know, once she gets married, they're going to have to basically take care of Callie for the rest of her life. And Callie realizes she's been uh, boring her whole life. And so she writes a list of nine things that she wants to do and then goes about like checking things off the list. So fantastic premise. She falls in love with uh, Ralston, who is one of a pair of twins. It starts her number series. Just truly fantastic. And that's a character um, that actually crosses things off of a list. <laughs> she does. Listen, spoiler, but she does finish the list in very, some in very sexy ways. Yes. Um, this is also the book that I always give people when they're like, you like romance? Like, what book should I read? I'm like, oh, this one is like, great. It's a great entry level book. Um, and I remember just my friend one night texted me in the middle of the night. She's like, okay, but is, are the ton going to accept Callie and Ralston? And I was like, that's not really the point, but like, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I'm like, he's titled. They'll be fine. That's a, that's a good one. I think that's a good one. Yeah. So another one that kept coming up was Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. This is a this is another great book. This is another like very like much loved book. It is all about this man who she always calls him Beelzebub. And now, of course, I'm blanking on what his name Dane. Um, She meets him in Paris. He is, of course, like enchanted by her and they sort of obviously like they fall in love and she has to kind of break through his rough exterior. So it's a lot of like him pretending to not like her, but like really falling in love with her. It's delicious. It's wonderful. Faded mates actually did a really, really fantastic episode on Lord of Scoundrels. So whether we do it or not, I would say no matter what, check out that episode. Cause it's really, really great. Then of course we got a ton of clay pass suggestions. Yes. So we got, Suddenly You, which is a great clay pass. It is the only clay pass I know that has a hint of anal. That's what makes it famous. Whoa. <laughs> but that's really fun. Just a hint. And then um the first in the um the Gambler series. So obviously the second is Dreaming of You. And then the first one um is with Lily and Derek is is his first appearance of Derek. So that could be really fun to read Whoa. as well. So is it I've here's here, sorry, not to I I I'm interrupting here, but no. Is it clay, clay pass, clay pass? Because we say clay pass, but I know people say, because there's only one S, clay pass. Is, but, but I don't know if it's right or not, because I think we always say clay pass and nobody has said we're wrong, but most of the time when we say something wrong, people jump on it. 
And then yes. I've heard other people pronounce her last name as Clapis. I don't know. Have, I don't know. Have, have we heard any interviews with her where she says, my name is Lisa Clapis? No, we need to. I mean, now, of course, this is going to be the thing that I obsess over for the next 24 hours or so. Well, I didn't mean to blow oh, up anybody's spot because I've been doing it for the whole length of the podcast. We talk about her every every time we, we get on mic. But I don't know. It could just be one of those things where it, some people say this and some people say that. The tomato-tomato situation. Although nobody says tomato. <laughs> oh, like British people do. I guess they do, yeah. So maybe we're saying the Americanized version of her american name <laughs> just something to think about all day yeah every i don't day. know <laughs> i'm obviously there is a correct version and i don't know what it is and obviously whatever we're saying we don't mean any disrespect because we are in love with you lisa claypass clipus clipus I, I i sorry i took you off your train of thought no so that so that claypass and then also the, again the magic which mm. you do own which could be good. That is the prequel to the Wallflower series. And that is just an excellent book altogether. It's about, you know, Marcus's sisters. So it's a double. There's obviously a primary romance and a secondary romance. The secondary romance is so well done. Um, and the primary romance is basically about this woman, uh, Aileen, and she fell in love with like the stable boy when he, when they were both very young and she has to sort of re- repudiate him. And he goes to America where he builds his fortune and he comes back and tries to win her back. Um, and so it's pretty great. We'll, we will be doing again, the magic. And I mean, maybe for a hundred, it could be good. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that book is inevitable. Yeah. We got a bunch of recommendations for Nora Roberts. So we got Montana Sky. We just got Eddie Nora Roberts, which we did read Black Rose for like our Halloween spooky series in October. Um, But I would also be down to read more Nora Roberts. Obviously, there are so many. And she is, again, and also a queen of the genre. So well, that's one that we might listen to on the way to Nora, Nora Roberts town. That's yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we'll have to pick a good Nora Roberts to listen to there and back. And then the Elizabeth Hoyt's Maiden Lane series. And like, this is the one when somebody said you should read Elizabeth Hoyt that I was like, my mind exploded because I was like, I cannot believe we haven't read Elizabeth Hoyt for the podcast. This isn't this is so ridiculous because I'm a massive Elizabeth Hoyt fan. I've read all of her Maiden Lane series like she is so good. The Maiden Lane series, which I think could be good for us to not the whole series because it's like massive, but um, it's basically she creates like a Batman like figure. And so it's basically like all these different people are the ghost of St. Giles or Giles and they like, you know, help people and stuff. And it's it's really good. It's really fun. Those are our front runners at the moment. Um, Are we still missing a big one? Email us or message us on our Facebook page or whatever on Instagram, on Twitter, let us know if there's any other we're forgetting. Or if one of these you're like, oh my God, yes, damn, they really need to do that one. Cause also mm. we want to know that we're still deciding. Yeah. You can stump I, for existing options. Exactly. And I think, um, it is funny. They are all historical romances. We didn't put out that it had to be a historical romance, but you guys know us and you know what we're going to enjoy. As for what we are doing next week. I know. So Clayton, you picked this one because I had a very stressful week last week and I was like, I can't even think about it. So I was like, look at 
the list and tell me what sparks joy for you. And I was like, what list? What, where? What's going on? Oh, yeah. That drove me insane. And you, I heard, <laughs> and you didn't even send me an emoji, but somehow I heard across <laughs> the state your eyes rolling. <laughs> After I sent that, hey, can you send me, can you email the link? <laughs> you felt it. I, I We've just, talked enough that now you're like, nope, I know how she's going to react to that. Yep, shouldn't have sent that know- text. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you texted me minutes later and saying i found it so i was like see i do that Good a job. lot where i'll be like hey can you do this and i'll be like never mind yeah so why didn't i just try it first before i texted i know that's something i gotta do <laughs> i think that is a very like not to generalize but is like a very man thing to immediately be like well can you hand it to me yes never. okay so you looked at the list and what jumped out to you clayton Okay, so Transcendence by Shay Savage, the caveman romance that we got recommended. Now, we this was recommended by somebody. We'll dig out the email. I think it was an email or... A... I mean, I have the email because that was also on that list that you looked at. Oh, great. Do, do you, do you want to read it? Yeah. So this is an email from Diane. And she wrote, I just came across your podcast and I can't stop listening and laughing. I've been binging like crazy. I love Clayton's pearl clutching attitude and Aaron's genuine laughter. I love the way you guys analyze the books and the respect you play to the authors and the genre. I'm starting a bucket list and putting meeting you guys at the top. That's very sweet. Um, I'd like to suggest a book. It's called Transcendence. It is about a girl that time travels from present day to prehistoric times. I assure you it is a romance and hella good. Beautiful one at that. Thanks for the good work and all the best to you, Diane. Nice. All right. So here is the flat for Transcendence by Shay Savage. It said that women and men are from two different planets when it comes to communication, but how can they overcome the obstacles of prehistoric times when one of them simply doesn't have the ability to comprehend language? Eads a caveman living on his own in the harsh wilderness. He's strong and intelligent, but completely alone. When he finds a beautiful young woman in his pit trap, it's obvious to him that she is meant to be his mate. He doesn't know where she came from. She's wearing some pretty odd clothing, and she makes a lot of noises with her mouth that give him a headache. Still, he's determined to fill fill his purpose in life, provide for her, protect her, and put a baby in her. Oh, jeez. Elizabeth doesn't know where she is or exactly how she got there. She's confused and distressed by her predicament. And there's a caveman hauling her back to his cave home. She's not at all interested in Eid's primitive advances, and she can't seem to get him to listen. No matter what she tries, getting her point across to this primitive but beautiful man is a constant and often hilarious struggle. With only each other for company, they must rely on one another to fight the dangers of the wild and prepare for the winter months. As they struggle to coexist, theirs becomes a love story that transcends language and time. Now, this could be a disaster. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I know nothing about Shay Savage, so that is not to besmirch Shay Savage as a writer. I think this is a tough concept to pull off, and that's why I was very interested in attempting... Not attempting, because we will finish it. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have to. We must. That is our sacred promise to our listeners. This could be a very hard tightrope to walk. And I take full responsibility for picking this book. I just thought that it would be an interesting change of pace from what we have been just doing recently. I think so, too. 
I think that this could be great. And also, uh, if you are interested and you don't want to wait for our episode, Womance has also done an episode on this book, so you can check them out too. But yeah, we will uh, we will finish it. We will see how it goes. Um, but also Ice Planet Barbarians, which, you know, the first book was problematic. I ended up continuing to read it because also to plug myself, I was on the Ice Planet podcast as well, <laughs> talking about this series. And they do that with communication too. Obviously they have the sort of like quick solve, but like, I thought that was an interesting thing. If you can't speak to somebody, like, how do you communicate? How do you get things across? So, um, you know, and I feel like I've heard about this book a lot too, just in general. So I don't think I would have heard about it so much if it was not good, hopefully. But I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I think it, it'll be fun no matter what. Yeah. And I do find it fascinating that I do think we still have that issue between men and women of not understanding body language. Yes. Right. Which I think is something that would be interesting to delve into in this aspect where what if you, like you said, what if you can't speak? What if you can't understand each other? It has to all be body language. And I think that's just really fascinating because I think if people would focus on body language as much as they do on what people say, then Mm -hmm. there would be a lot less miscommunication because it's a combination of what somebody's saying and how they're actually purporting themselves. Right. Um, All right. So if you guys, if you guys have a recommendation for us, if you want to talk to us about the hundredth book, what you think we should be doing, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on um, Twitter at Learning Tropes and on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We have our Learning the Tropes troop where our thread about uh, the hundredth book is getting pretty long. So if you're just looking for generally what to read next i mean go check that out too it's there's a lot of really really fantastic books there yeah that's us all right everybody happy reading happy reading <laughs>